0: I'm the underdog with the heroic heart. I'm Aaron Jones Jr. I have to keep pushing for my kids. If I give up, what's that leave them with? Nothing. I have to understand that it's bigger than me. That it's not about me when I wake up and go to work. It's not about me when I read and educate myself. It's not about me when I'm practicing my speeches.
1: It's not about
0: me. It's about my
1: family.
0: Hey, 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 you're now tuned in to Underdog Talk podcast. I'm your host, Eric Jones Jr., the underdog with a rogue heart. I have conversations with successful underdogs, and today we have another successful underdog. We have Mr. Aaron Whitfield. How are you doing today, sir?
1: Man, today's a beautiful day, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here spending time with you and spending time with your audience, man. So I'm honored, man. Today's a beautiful day.
0: Yes, it is. I thank you uh, for um, reaching out and being on the podcast and adding value to our listeners. Before we get into our conversation today's sponsor is Christian Dewan, positive energy through your clothes. We have hoodies, we have t-shirts, we have it for the little babies, the little kids, we have it for the teenagers, for the moms, the dads. Anybody and everybody can get something from Christian Dewan if you use the promo code underdog talk podcast, you get 15% off. And that is my own um, personal brand, me and my son. So if you guys are listening, you know, support us. The website is www.christiandewan.com. So let's get into today's conversation. We have educator, we have a podcast host, we have a hip hop nerd, we have a guy that is very fashionable. I, I went and checked him out. He got he got some fashion to him. He's a big music head and he's about helping other people in life. So how's it going or so let's let's how did it start? How did you start off with music, fashion
1: and life? You know, I mean, those are the three things that when I boil my life down to its most simplest form, those are my three loves. I mean, I say, you know, as you mentioned, I'm a hip hop nerd. And so, um, you know, I grew up on on Nas and, and you know, and, and Jay-Z, Biggie, uh, Kanye, the old Kanye. Um, but like hip hop has always played like a soundtrack to my life. And so music has always been it. And I still write music. And so. You know, I still write bars. I'm, I'm I'm in my 30s, but I still got bars, and so um, that's something that will never leave me. Fashion um, is something that I use to express myself, Um, and so I'm not artsy. I can't cut. I can't paste. I can't color, but I could put some clothes on to express um, who I am as a man and as an individual, and life in general. I mean, Eric, to me, Life is life, you know, and and when I was in my 20s, I didn't appreciate life as much. But now that I'm in my 30s, I see how beautiful life can be and how fragile life can be. But we have life. And so I'm appreciative of the life that I have each and every day.
0: I love it. I love it. You said you don't know how to color, you know art, but you got fashion. And I grew up on the same, we're probably about the same age or close to it. Um, I grew up on Jay-Z, Nas, Biggie. I'm a big lyricist. I don't, I like lyrics. I don't really like uh, people that don't have any substance to their rap. So hip hop is definitely something that I'm big on. Um, and like you said, I'm in my thirties and I can still give these young boys bars. They don't want these problems. So they don't sleep on the old heads when it comes no. to, uh, when it comes to rapping, cause we still got bars. And when it comes to fashion, I-, I love that because I've always been a fashionable guy myself. I think it comes from my mom, just her putting, you know, putting stuff together and then me being, Older now, and I can dress how I want to dress. I've always been different. I never liked to dress like everybody else. When everybody was wearing forces, I was wearing something else. When everybody was doing this, I was wearing something else. And I kind of do that with my son. Like I, you know, we've been dressing him since he's been little. He's about to turn eight next month, and he definitely has fashion in him. So fashion and hip hop is something a part of my life as well. Um, and life, yeah, life, life is life. It's like you either gonna live life or you gonna let life make you live the way it wants to um, live so um, educator were you always an educator were you always into school were you always into you know helping the children out or was it something that you gained as you got older
1: yeah you know, I think it's a mix of both you know um, I come from a long line of educators you know my grandmother, who I think she had a GED. She may or may not have, but she worked um, as a teacher aide in um, in the city schools in which we live. She worked there for 25 years. And she will walk down to the school and teach the neighborhood kids as a Black woman in a space in which there aren't many Black teachers. And she was just an aide, but she would teach the students how to read. And I remember... Um, hearing her stories and also seeing her develop books. She will write out little books for us to teach us how, you know, teach her grandkids um, how to read. And so I think some of my educator nature definitely came from her. She's almost the foundation. Um, But, you know, I grew up around within community settings. I mean, my first real job was at a community center in which I was like 13 and in charge of, in charge, uh, if I could say that. But, um, you know, eight-year-olds, just trying to be a mentor uh, to them even at that early age. And so, you know, I've taken, you know, my, grandma, my grandmother's sort of foundation along with my love and passion to help people to be a community educator. Um, how do I invest my knowledge back into the community that has given me so much? And so, you know, that's one of my passions. It's one of my loves and, you know, things that I will purposely do for the rest of my life.
0: I love it. I love it. Shout out to grandma. See, I'm an educator too, but mine, I'm kind of different. I didn't like school. Me and school weren't friends. I didn't even, you know, that wasn't my thing. I went to college only because I wanted to leave home. And now I'm an educator and it's, it's crazy how, you know, I didn't like it, but now I love, you know, helping other people. And I think it was just from like seeing people, like, I didn't, it wasn't educators that nobody that really I liked or anything, but it was just the people in the community helping other people. And yeah. I understood that my connection with helping kids is through education, which is totally weird to me because I just didn't like school. So how is it um, being because you're another black male in education? How is that being a black male in education?
1: You know, I mean, I think, you know, what you said prior to, like, I didn't like school either. School was social in, in a lot of my, um, a lot of my sort of like school environments. It wasn't conducive for my learning. But but like you, you know, I remember the mentors. I remember the, uh, the teachers, the few teachers that were great, who would drop jewels to me, who would give me encouragement, who saw really what it was. They saw the best in me. They saw, they didn't see the... Uh, the teenage Aaron, they didn't see uh, the person who didn't necessarily like school, but they saw the greatness in me. And so as an educator now, you know, those are some things that I do. You know, I, I, I try and I make a, an, an attempt and an effort to see the best in people and see the best in my students and see the best in, in my mentees. And, and, and um, because you need that person to see greatness in you. And so I, I take what I do as a Black educator, as a Black male, um, as a Black, you know, as, as just a leader in the community, I take that very serious because we all need people to see greatness in us. You know, no matter what age, you know, we're in our 30s, we'll, we still need people to see the greatness in us. Uh, that way we can strive to achieve great things in this life. And so as an educator, that's my, um, that's my paid position. But, you know, but truth be told, an educator, that's more so within my life purpose than anything. You know, that's my purpose of why I'm here on this earth, to encourage, to motivate, to invest, uh, and also to show people just how great they are.
0: I love it. I love it. I'm <clears throat> I'm the same way. Uh, I teach um, preschool, so I teach the younger, young, young kids. But every morning when we come into class, we do affirmations. And, you know, they might not get it right now, but they're going to remember, you know, the different stuff that that we go over every morning because I want them to see that they're great, even at the young age that they are. And that's kind of how I am with education, because I worked at an elementary school and I worked uh, with special needs kids. But just being one of the only black males in the school, the gen ed kids would come and they would reach out and they, you know, talk. And you have to see greatness in the in in the youth, because you were youth, we we all were young. We all, you know, had our ups and downs, our behavior, whatever the case. But every single person that's born has greatness in them. We just gotta, you know, get it out of us, and it takes someone, um, male, female, whoever it is, someone that you look up to, someone you're around to tell you that you're great, because sometimes your family might not tell you your family might see it but they might not tell you but it could be a complete stranger and they tell you and you sitting there like I knew I was dope I knew it I knew I was dope and that's that's kind of how I am I'm I'm the cool teacher I you know I'm I'm still figuring the education part out but I make sure that I let the kids know that they have something in them and that they can be great so <clears throat> you're uh, a youth and family development specialist. So when you work with the youth and the family, how, how does that go? Do you just work with kids or is it where you follow up with the parents? How does that go for you?
1: Yeah, it's both. Um, because you have to have that connection, you know, with both, both sort of sides and both sort of parties. So, you know, really what I do, I act as a bridge, um, in, in bridging the two sides, um, together you know communicating with parents and letting them know you know their child's feelings or or, or some of their um, some of the pressures that the child may face while also having enough wisdom as a parent and as an adult to com- to communicate with the child and so you know just being that bridge uh, whether it be in youth and family development um, or just in general you know I, I often act as a bridge of people I actually think that's my greatest gift. Um, especially having the perspective of being in my, you know, in my uh, almost, oh my gosh, late 30s now, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, I could see the the perspective of those who are in their 50s. I could see that perspective because I'm not f- too far away, but also have enough understanding of, you know, knowing who I was at 17 18 19 20 21 and knowing sort of my mindset back then so it's an interesting place to be just in this age and being able to act as a bridge between these age gaps that need to communicate that need to heal some of that divide that need to find purpose in each other um and so i love to act as that bridge
0: I love it. You uh, Like the J. Cole song, you're kind of like the middle child, you know, you're, you're young enough to have old heads, but you're old enough to be an old head to the younger people. And being a parent, I think being a parent and working in education helps um, a lot because you kind of understand a parent's point of view and you understand the child's point of view because you have your own children. So that definitely uh, that definitely helps. And I love that you say you bridge the gap. I was thinking of the song Bridge the Gap when you were saying that. And it and sometimes people don't understand that there's a gap in generations because we're about the same age. So our parents generation you know, it was do as I say, not as I'm told. You know, you was getting a whooping first, then maybe some questions was asked later. Nowadays, kids go off of what they see you do. It's not, mm-hmm. it's like if you I remember because I have a um daughter, she was younger um at the time, but she had checked me on something. It wasn't like in a disrespectful way, but it's like you said you was gonna do this, but you ain't done it, so how can you tell? And I was and I sat back and I was like, ooh, okay, I get it. I get it with the kids. You have to show them what you telling them. So it's like, if you're telling your child, hey, do your chores and you ain't washing no dishes or you ain't cleaning up the house, what's going to make them do it? Because they're watching everything that you do. And I think sometimes the older generation doesn't see that it's a newer times. Like kids aren't going outside and playing like we did. It's a technology world. So bridging the gap is very important. Because you understand, like you said, somebody that's 50 and then you understand the younger people and you can put them together in the same room and have a conversation to help them out. Because sometimes the older people feel like just because they are older, they don't have to listen to a younger person. And I think I think that's totally wrong. And I had to learn that myself. But I've always been a person that speaks their mind, no matter how old I've been. And that used to get me in trouble and now it, it helps because people are listening because I have knowledge to give them and as well as you.
1: So uh, I think I think you're right on on target because you know I think that's the difference between, you know, a couple of things you said, just you know, and being an educator, you know, an educator, I think there's a difference between an educator and a teacher. I think a teacher mm-hmm. is only there to disseminate information, pass out information, but an educator is there to not only pass out information not only to teach but also to learn and i think we're at a stage now in our 30s in which in which we are in some ways we are the elders in the room you know we may not see ourselves as elders but like to people in our people in their 20s uh and the you know in their late teens like we are the elder statesmen and it's important that we show up it's important that young people that that uh, you know that young adults that um, you know folks you know in their college years that they see the next step and because we're the next step. It's important that that they see our presence and that and that we help bridge that gap because we have to help pull them up somewhere, and they have to see where we are as human beings, as men, as women, they have to be able to see. Um, our next steps, because if they don't, if they don't have elders around them, risk pop up. Um, you know, we see that all the time in hip hop, you know, with, with a lot of rappers dying at an early age, what happens? Well, they don't have accountability. They don't have elders around them. They don't have people around them to tell them, no, they don't have people around them to encourage. Yes, they don't, they don't have accountability, protection, and we have to service that. So, you know, I definitely um, agree with you.
0: That that is so true. Like, because if you think about, I don't know, like how you grew up in the area. If you grew up in the urban area, but most of the time, the older cats they were just hustlers. They were, you know, they were just. They didn't have the paperwork that nowadays that you need to really make the money. So you've seen people do certain stuff, but they never really taught you how to get out of the hustling stage. Now, like you said, we're the older statesmen. We can go and talk to our kids or younger kids. Like for me, uh, my son, he's seven about to be eight. I gave him, uh, he got his own business, a clothing line. I want him to understand you can have ownership. You don't have to wait until a certain age, or you don't have to wait until you graduate to start your own stuff. And I do the same thing with his sister because she's older. She's in high school. She's a junior. So I, I always try to tell them different things that someone didn't tell me. It's not, I'm telling them just to tell them, I'm telling them because it can help you in the, um, on a long road. Like his, um, my daughter, I send her information every day. Like I get a quote from somebody and I send it to her and she's like, oh, that makes sense. Or, you know, that's how we start our dialogue sometimes because I'm sending her something positive. And when you don't have that, like you said, like you can go down the wrong path or you can hang out with the wrong people, especially like uh, with the rappers. One um podcast that I love and the two humans on there is Gilly and Wallow267. They get all the yeah. young rappers that are doing, you know, that have influence, but they still in the streets and they still talking to gang stuff. And it's like, hey, y'all gotta settle down. Y'all can't keep doing that because when we kill each other, you're killing somebody's family because if it's a male and he's doing what he's supposed to do, who's gonna take over when he's gone? And we don't realize that because we're so tied up in the environment or we're so tied up in the life that we lived as a young person. I remember going and speaking to some kids and I'm like, why do y'all like why are y'all doing that? They like, that's all we know. It's killed or be killed. And it's like, no, that's not how life is. And it takes somebody to come in and talk to them. So I know you you got the music, you got the fashion. So I know the kids love it. They like, okay, this dude's cool. He he dressed somewhat similar to us. I don't know if you look, do you listen to, do you look, what kind of music nowadays? right now in your thirties, what are you listening to? Are you still listening to the old school or do you give these young boys a little chance?
1: Here's the deal. Here's the, I, I try to listen to, um, I try to listen to, you know, to up and coming artists. I do, but my ear isn't the same, you know, because even when I listen to like, you know, to the artists who I, who I really like, you know, back in the day, I can't you know I can only listen to so much because my ear has changed, you know. Um listening to Biggie rhyme at 24, I don't have a 24-year-old mindset. So, so, you know, when, when when he's talking about like, you know, like beating women, like I can't, I can't get down with that. I have a daughter, I have a daughter. And so like my ear for hip hop has changed, but it's also challenged me to search more and also to create more, you know, create more and write more music myself. Uh, right now I'm listening to, I, of course, I listen to J. Cole. I listen to Dreamville. Uh, when Kendrick drops, my world is going to stop um, because, you know, what that just happens. Um, uh, Sky Zoo out of Brooklyn, uh, Sahai, the Prince, Black Thought, of course, with the legendary Roots crew. Um, you know, I like the lyrics. I like the substance. Um, I like to hear hip hop age, uh, because it's also part of my, I think as I've gotten older, I realized that hip-hop, much like society, infantiles Black men. And so it doesn't necessarily help us age. And so when I listen to hip-hop music, I want to be able to listen to somebody that can still teach me or take me to a place that I'm at in my 30s, and not where I have to travel back to when I'm 17, you know, to have a 17-year-old mindset to listen to the music. So, um, Rhapsody—that's another one. Rhapsody out of new, out of uh, North Carolina, mm-hmm. incredible MC. Just yeah, man. That that's why that's who's in my playlist. Also, Trek Manifest out of Columbus is another dope artist um, who is incredible too.
0: Okay, okay. I, I'm somewhat that way. I I like music in general, so it depends on my mood of what I want to listen to. But if I'm like I listen to J. Cole. I listen, I listen to some of the young guys. And it's more so because I've listened to uh, watch the interview and I've got to know them from that interview rather than, like, their music. And I'm like, what the heck is they talking about? And then I get to know them. I'm like, okay, I understand them a little more. So I listen to um, Toby, Wickway. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I do. I I listen to Lil Baby. Lil Baby is my favorite, like, young artist that has been out. And it's funny because my daughter put me on him. She was like, you should. Because I was listening. Who was I? Oh, I was listening to G Herbo because I had listened to an album or listened to an interview. So I was on him and she was like, listen to Lil Baby. And I, you know, gave him a shot. And I'm like, okay, I mess with him. So some artists I do listen to some artists. I give everybody a shot. I give everybody a shot. And it's like, okay, you don't have no substance, you're not talking about nothing. Like you said, my ear nowadays is like, ah, that just really ain't doing it for me. So for me, like I like to freestyle. That's one thing since sixth grade I've been a freestyler. So I'm always rapping. And when I get to the point where the world knows me, knows me, and people know me. I'm. De- I don't care if I'm 40. I don't care how old I am. I'm dropping a mixtape just because I want. That's on the bucket list. So I definitely understand about writing, uh, music, and and doing that different stuff. So when you when you go out and when you speak and stuff like that, does the does your hip does the music come with it, or is it more of you That's just who you are as a person. Or does that like you bring that kind of uh, aura until you're speaking like the hip hop? Because you know everybody's different when they go and speak at schools and speak to different people.
1: Hip hop always plays a role in what I do. You know, it's it's when I'm before I get ready for a speech or if I go to a place to go speak or whatever it may be. I definitely have you know some music banging in the car that's going to get me to the mental place in which I need to be, uh, whether it be. I have a, I have a feel a feel good mix um, of like hip hop music, really just music in general that just brings me to that emotional place. Um, but you know, but a lot of what I do is based on hip hop. I mean, I like to look at myself as a lyricist, um, and so when I when I prepare a speech, when I prepare a um, a presentation. I'm going up there, I'm I'm spitting, you know, I'm I'm dropping jewels, I'm dropping knowledge the same way I would in 16 bars. I'll do it at a board, at a board table, where um, I'll do it in front of, you know, a packed crowd of, you know, hundreds of individuals. Um, but also, you know, just how I move, you know, how I move when, it, when I look at community and the need for um, a collective of individuals to come together to showcase our genius and our movement. I'm influenced by like a lot of the early sort of uh 1990s hip hop movements whether it be Native Tongues crew of just you know a a, a collective of individuals they're not in a rap group uh they're all their own individual artists but they show up to support each other um so like I'm influenced by like the crews or like um who's another the Uma uh with Jay dilla um and uh, Q-Tip their production crew um and Ali their production crew and just they will put out um, music and beats and just title their title their production crew as the UMA. And the UMA means community uh, in Arabic, I believe. And it wasn't about like getting their individual names or all huge artists individually, but they just want to put out something that shows the community. And so when I look at what I do, I don't care about bigging up my name. I'm not in this for, for the lights or anything like that. I'm not in this for my own fame or my own glory. I want all my people to eat. I want my crew to eat. I want, I want all of us to eat. The work gets done, the work gets done and we just keep it moving. Um, because that's what the movement does. That's what the crew does.
0: I love it. And that's how I think that's how we have to look at life. Like, when you work with different people, you might have somebody that speaks about something else. Somebody speaks about something. Everybody brings something different to the table, but the goal is to impact the youth or impact those that need help. And that's that's the big thing. A lot of people don't understand community um, as they should, because back when we were kids. It was the community. If you lived in a community, like you couldn't do nothing wrong because you knew the neighbor down the street was going to tell your mom or they was going to check you or, you know, it it took a village. And I think people have went away. People are starting to come back around to that, but that community is a village. It helped everybody helps everybody. Everybody has some type of strength that they can help and add to the table to help, you know, the world be a better place. And that's, how hip-hop is that's how music is when you have different collabs of different people or like when you had Jay-Z working with the rock groups and different stuff everybody has their own thing but it's all to bring people together and that's that's what the that's what my podcast is about like bringing different people together on different topics and different stuff because if you don't bring people together to have the same goal, then the goal is never going to get met. It's just going to be you trying to do everything on your own and you'll get burnt out. That's why you need community. That's why you need other people to um, work with and help you out. So what is the value of value self?
1: Man, you know, the value of value self. If you don't value self. Then you'll allow other people to devalue you. Like we have to understand and it's important that we as individuals, we as men, women, um, that we understand the value that we bring each and every day. Um, I used to not believe that I had value, you know, and it, didn't, it took until being about 30 for me to realize like, yo, I bring something different to the table. I bring skills to the table. I bring a different perspective to the table. I bring passion to the table. I bring vision, uh, wisdom, wisdom energy to the table and that's value and so once i realized that and it's it's a constant sort of road of progressing uh progression and realizing that value but once i realized that i understood that whatever environment i went into i could change the game whatever environment whatever boardroom, whatever uh space that i can go in there and change the culture change the mood change the vibe that i that I could change really someone's life. And so value is so important. Um, each person that's listening to this podcast has value. Each person that's listening to this podcast has skills, has a different perspective, has, um, has a, a different way of going about achieving their own genius or greatness. And that's valuable. And so we have to understand just how much value we hold. That way we can invest that value into other people and turn those moments into greater momentum.
0: I love it. I love it. And the same thing with me. I, didn't, I don't think I understood value in myself till I was about 30. And a lot of it had to do with me being born with a, a disability and people looking at me and judging me and, You know just trying to get through life and then once I hit 30 it kind of was like you are valuable like you do bring something different to the table like when I go when I go into the school when I work in an elementary school I'm you know it's mainly women um, majority white well no our school is kind of diverse but I'm coming in with the baseball cap on the headphones on t-shirt with some positive words on it. The kid's like, oh, what up, Mr. Eric? You know, um, this and that. And it's like, I could tell there's people and they're like, who is this guy? But then those same people, when they had that kid in their class that was cutting up, they would come to me and be like, hey, I need you to talk to him because I brought something different to the table because I understood with kids. I'm still young. I still, I don't dress like the young, young kids, but I still dress to a certain degree close to them. And it's like, I want them to understand that I'm just like them. And if if I can come in and, and dress however and do this, you can do whatever you want and be whoever you want to be. I think people don't understand when you value yourself, you have to love yourself. You have to love who you are no matter your flaws, no matter what's going on. You have to love who you are. And when you love who you are, you'll start valuing yourself. And then you can add value to wherever you're at. Because if you can't add value to... Working when you're working with somebody, I think when I um you wrote me, I was like, what value can you add? Boom, you wrote down. I was like, okay, yep, I I need him on the show, because I've asked somebody else, what value can they bring? They're like, oh, I, oh, you got a podcast? Can I get on there? What value do you bring? Like, what yeah. do we talk about? Like, are you? We're not about to just sit and have a small talk. Like, you have to add value, but you have to have value in yourself. Because if you can't add value to yourself, you can't add value to anybody else. And that's crazy that a lot of men, it takes them into their 30s. And why, why do you think for us men, it takes us a little longer to understand value in ourselves and just life in general, like when we're in our 30s, we don't really understand as a young person?
1: You know, I, I think because we are taught that our value is strictly labor. And that you know, even from an early onset, we're taught to get a good job, and and uh, you know, you need to get a, you need to find a job, get a job, and so automatically, we're conditioned to be labor, and and on top of that, someone else's labor. And I think specifically with with black men and men of color, historically in this country, we've always been looked to as the labor, and the backbreaking labor. I stopped um, in my thirties. I had to do a value assessment of who I am as a man. And, you know, I realized, as I mentioned, you know, before I bring vision to the table, I bring heart, passion, I have education, uh, different skills, expertise. And once I started realizing my value, I realized that I don't value myself as a hard worker. Like when, when people ask, you know, um, you know, tell me about yourself. You know, some people may say, hey, I'm a hard worker. I don't say that anymore because I don't want people to assume that I'm here just for your labor. I'm not here for your labor. I'm here for my, to exercise my mind. I'm not here to have my body broken. And so to make, you know, to sort of tie everything up, I think that men, we're so conditioned to see ourselves as hard workers in which we have to, our values and our bodies and what we can move and what jobs we could sort of plug in for 40 hours, as opposed to seeing that we have value in our mind, value in our eyesight, value in our insight, value in our heart. We are we have holistic value more so than just labor value. Um, and so, you know, there's some of my thoughts on why we aren't valued in, in and it's something that we have to learn how to do. Like for the men out there and even for the women out there, like you have value. You have value um, and you have purpose and you have passion and pursuits. You are different. Value yourself um, and that way. You can go into a space and completely change the environment, change your life and change someone else's life.
0: I I love that because that's true. Like when you think about it as, uh, as a kid growing up, supposed to go to college get you a job supposed to work these minor hours i remember my mom telling me um she's like if you have a kid make sure you got a, a job and, and benefits and you know that's that's a good thing to say but it's like we don't always have to work for somebody else we don't have to go and clock in like we can create our own and i think when you value yourself you will understand that you don't have like not, nothing's wrong with a job, nothing's wrong with going working 40 hours. But it's like there's more to you than going and working for somebody else and building somebody else's empire when you can build your own. Right. And I, I and I like nowadays, like that's everybody's entrepreneur, everybody's starting something, everybody's doing something on their own. That's because we understand that we are creators. It don't matter if you're a woman, a man, if you're a child, like everybody's a creator. And when you value yourself and value that power that you have in you, then you're able to create and do whatever you want. But I love what you said though, like about that. Cause as a man, like, you know, you're supposed to provide, you're supposed to do all these things and you're supposed to be a hard worker like you can't you can't have a family and say oh I'm not gonna work you're not gonna have that family no more so it's like but you have to turn that hard work into what works for you and what helps you in your life because you like you're a hard worker you're an educator you're a, a podcast host you do all these different things so you work hard but you're not somebody that's going to somebody else's empire and building and, and working your ass off and working it for them. But you're doing it to, to learn what you can learn from that company so you can build on your own. And I think a lot of people have to understand that nothing's wrong with having a job, but don't build something else for somebody else. Because guess what? They could call you tomorrow and say, Hey, we don't need you to come in no more. What you gonna do? If you're so stuck on building somebody else's thing, you have to be able to create your own. And that's from valuing yourself, because like you said, everybody has a purpose. God put us all on earth to uh, uh, to have a purpose. It took me till I was 30 to understand why I was born with short arms. Like it's to impact people, it's to tell my story, it's to go through all the hardship that I had to go through to get to the point where I can tell people how to not have to go through different things because I went through it, and you might not understand your purpose when you're young. You might not understand it, you know, until a certain point. But we all have a purpose, and we all are valuable. Um, so, you you design programs and curriculums for black males. What are I'm not going to go all into it, but what are some of the programs and curriculum that you <clears throat> that you provide for them? That can help, that helps them out, like um, from what you do. You
1: know, currently at the uh, university that I work at, um, I've designed a, a leadership institute um, that helps uh, students of color, uh, and especially like Black men, uh, find leadership qualities uh, within self, home, and community. Um, and so the basis, sort of the, the, uh, the foundation of it is how do you lead yourself? You know what do you do each and every day to lead yourself to not only just get through the day but get to a, a particular destination um a goal at the end of the day and so that could be you know with our integrity that could be within our vision that can be uh with how we speak to people um but you have to start with leading self and then ultimately it's it's um what well, a second place would be how do you lead within your home you know um as, as fathers, as, as boyfriends, as, as husbands, as as sons, you know, our leadership, once we learn how to lead self, we almost need to take it to the next level, showing that leadership within the spaces that we gather each and every day. And those places are generally home or, or campus for some. And then, um, you know, how do you take what you learn from leading self and leading in the home and, and and grow it and multiply it to lead in the community? Like, that's the step. Um, that you know that I want to encourage uh, all men um, and, and you know all women. Like your influence in the community is not just enough to to go to work, um, but while you're there, while you're there for the eight, nine, ten hours, like how are you influencing those around you? How are you leading those around you? Believe it or not, you know I, I believe that people learn through two types of ways. I think we spoke about them both. Uh, People learn through observation. You know, there's always someone looking at your leadership. There's always someone looking at you, seeing how you move. If you move differently than everybody else, people are always checking you out. And so it's important for people to know, like, yo, eyes are on you. And that's in a good, it's it's a beautiful thing when eyes are on you because you have the ability to influence someone's decisions. But we also learn through Conversation. So, not just observation, but conversation. And there's so much room, there's so many moves to be had if we learn how to see our value, if we learn how to see value in other people, and how to take all that and to spark conversations of change. No matter if we're at home, in the workplace, at the grocery store, in church, wherever you are, there's always opportunity for conversation. Um, and so know that people have, that, that people's eyes are on you, but, but as leaders, you know, as people of value, don't be afraid to, to spark that conversation, um, you know, that, that can lead to the next change in life. And so those are some of the things you know, I, that I teach, uh, you know, just people in general, men, women, uh, college students, you know, um, or, or just adults, professionals, kids. Um, how to lead self, how to lead within your home, and how to take those things and lead change in your community.
0: I love it because you said start off with self, then you have to start off with home, and then that's how you go out in the community because if you can't help yourself, if you don't got your house in order, you can't help in the community. But uh, the two things you said, observation, which... um, is very, very important for some people like me. Like, if you're gonna teach me something, I need it, like, I need to see it. I need yep. to see you do it. So then I can, oh, okay, I get that. Oh, or I can ask questions right there. Rather than me reading or something like that, I'm a big observation person because I wanna have conversation. I'm gonna ask questions. Uh, I'm gonna ask you, hey, all right, let, now let me try and you observe me and tell me what I'm doing wrong. And that's kind of how I've always been. And I think as an educator or teachers, uh, you have to understand all your students, all the people that you that are under you, they learn a different way. Some people, you know, they can read a book. Oh, I got it. Boom. Some people, they need the visual. And you have to have conversations with people to understand where, where their need is. And I, I love that because... Everybody don't understand that. And having a conversation, when you have a conversation, people, this is how a conversation works. Someone talks, one listens. After a person's done, the person listening talks, the person that was talking listens. It's not where you talk, cut somebody off, you know, that's not a conversation because that's not gonna get anywhere. And I think people don't understand the value of conversation because conversation can get you far. Because if you have a conversation with the right person, they can help you get to the next level or they can tell you something that that you can do to get you to that next level. So it's very important to have conversations with people. And um, I had somebody on the uh, podcast. and He was like, you know, when people walk by, say me, you're walking by in the hallway. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. You know, that's the that's like a, a saying. hi. How you doing? It's like saying hi. But it's like, how you doing? Tell me how you're doing. Besides saying you're good. Now you got to think, how am I? Let me really, now that might spark a conversation. They might be going through something and they just talk to you because you sparked up a conversation rather than saying, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, I'm good and you go about your way. So very important to have a conversation with people. I have a question for you. Do you have conversation with yourself before you have conversation? Like in that first part that you said, you have self, home and community. Do you have conversation with yourself?
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I have to, a lot of my dialogue, sometimes it's external, like, you know, I'm a runner. Um, and so sometimes, you know, when I'm running that extra, you know, two, three miles or whatever it may be, I have to speak out loud and have conversations with myself to find the energy to get to that next step. Um, but also I have a lot of internal dialogue too. Um, there's so much going on in my mind at a given point. Um, and so, you know, it's, 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 um, I have to drop jewels for me too. Um, And so, uh, you know, and, and, and listen to my own advice, but also listen to the advice that I have, you know, that I hear from other people. Um, And so it's a mix of, it's a whole lot of conversation, external dialogues, internal dialogues. um, But, but yeah, I absolutely have conversation with self.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I do too. Sometimes people see me, they might, What's wrong with him? But I have conversations, excuse me, with myself. And I've been like that since, like, a kid. Like, I think I, like, playing basketball, that's one thing. And I got it from KG. Like, I would watch, KG's one of my all-time favorite, and I would see him, you know, just always talking to himself. And it's like, you have to, if you don't have a that tough conversation with yourself, you're not going to be able to have tough conversations with others. So that's why I ask that, because sometimes you got to sit down Look in the mirror. You might have to write it down. You might talk it out to yourself, but you gotta have those conversations with yourself, so you can understand how valuable you are and how you can help other people. Because sometimes life will punch you in the mouth, and you're like, "Okay, what's going on?" Or you get off the horse, and you don't know, you know, how to get back on the horse. And all it takes is you to talk to yourself. I heard Kevin Gates say, uh, "All geniuses talk to themselves," and that made me feel good that he said geniuses talk to themselves because I'm like, okay, I'm a genius. I I might not look like it, I might not speak like it, but I feel felt good hearing that from somebody else that they talk to their self Because sometimes people will make you seem like you're crazy or something of that sort. But I think conversation starts for me. I don't know how uh, everyone that listens to this it starts with God. Then it's me. Then I have that conversation with whoever is needed in that you know in that conversation. So. Um, this has been a great conversation. We've talked about all kinds of different things, just two, um educators talking. You're at a university level. I'm at the beginning. You're at the end of the level. I'm at the beginning of the level. So it's good to talk to somebody in, um, in education, especially another uh, black man, because it's not a lot of us in education. It's not, not a lot of. It's not a lot of us, so you know, I, we, I got we, are, a we are both
1: where we need to be, man. Like I appreciate talking to another educator. Like this is this is life, man. And so uh, we're both influencing people, man. So yeah, this has been dope.
0: So before I get to um, the three tips, just got a question: How like how is it? Um, how do people look at you as being a, a black educator? like in where you're at? Because I know for me, it was different. It's different for me because I got the little kids and, you know, they like, oh, is he going to be in the class with the girls? How do they go to the bathroom? This, this and that. you know, I got a lot of challenges, especially because I just started um, in preschool. So it's been a lot of challenges. But what, what do you, what kind of challenges or do you have any challenges or how do people look at you as being a black educator?
1: You know, I, I'm fortunate. I work in a um, I work in a space uh, on campus uh, in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion, and so I work with a whole lot of um, with, with a whole lot of people of color. And so, um, as a uh, student success coach, um, you know, they're sort of used to seeing, at least at the university level in this space, uh, you know, edu- educators and and, and and administrators of color. Um, but you know, but what I bring is different, you know, and, and so I don't, I know a lot of my students they are not used to the authenticity that I bring, you know, to the care that I bring to, um, to the realness to like, when I ask you how you're doing, I really want to know how you're doing. And like you said, when when you get that, I'm good. I'm going to ask you, what can I do to make you great. And so they're not, you know, that that is a, um, it's a challenge, but it's a welcome challenge and, it's a, and it is an expected challenge. And so I bring, I would like to think that I bring a little something different to the table uh, when it comes to being an educator, when it comes to being just a person. I really want to know how can I invest in your life to so that you achieve your greatness so that you achieve the things you want to do, so that you influence your community, so that you live holistically well. So that's just the type of person that I am.
0: I love it. I love it. You say you're authentic and that's a lot of people don't have, especially being in the school system. Like um, I go speak at, I mainly speak at high schools and I worked in elementary. So a lot of people aren't themselves, or a lot of people want to act a certain way because it makes them look better. I'm me, I I'm, I'm me wherever I go, and that's good. That you're you wherever you go, especially when it's coming to when it comes to kids, because kids watch and they under kid of uh, you want to know if you're a good person or not. Go around some kids, they'll let you know because if they don't rock with you, it's something about you. And kids love you being a uh, authentic, I, I don't know, I was about to say something else, The authentic, it's like, kids like to see you get frustrated, like to see, okay, I, okay, he just got frustrated, but he, he figured it out, because now they're watching you, and they're like, okay, he did that, now I can do that, so I, I applaud you, I applaud you for uh, being yourself, because a lot of people aren't themselves, especially in education, I don't know why they want to be you know, somebody else, or try to Act like the you know kiss butt or to the administrators or whatever the case. But when you're yourself, that's what helps change the world and change the people around you. So, the three tips. Let's see, three tips on how to value yourself. Somebody they they going through it. They they got they got it in them. You know they had moments where they showed a little bit of their greatness. They showed a little bit of their purpose, but life smacked them in the face and they like, I don't really know if I'm valuable. I don't know if I add value. How, what are three tips that you could give people that they could take away from today and they could start using them to value their
1: self? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the first would be um, to see yourself as purposeful and not positional. Yeah. You know, do a, do a real, uh, an assessment of who you are. Are you trying to chase the job position or are you trying to chase your life purpose? Because the, the job position will burn you out in your life's purpose if you chase it too far. And so are you a person of purpose? You're a person of purpose. And so chase after, see yourself as a person of when you wake up each day, what type of value are you going to bring each and every day from the moment you wake up? Whose life can you change with an encouraging word? Who's uh, who can you put a smile? Uh, whose face can you, can you put a smile on today? What can you do to sort of change the trajectory of of someone else's life or even your life? Go about your day being very purposeful and not just positional. When we're positional, we focus on, I just got to get through the day, nine hours, I'm trying to clock in, clock out. We got too much to do in between our clock and in the clock out to clock out on life. We can't clock out on a purpose to clock into a job. So chase purpose. Um, I would say also um, to you know to to add value to who you are. Use your insight rather than your eyesight. You know sometimes in this world I think we are bombarded with so many images and views of things that we can't do that we that we almost aren't used to closing our eyes and relying on our insight. To see the empowering individual that lives on the side of lives on that is on the inside of us. To see uh, our value. To see our purpose. To see our strengths. To see um, our our vision. Like when you close your eyes, what do you see that you can't see with your eyesight? And so, I, you know, I, I challenge the listeners to close your eyes, rely on your insight. Don't rely on the eyesight on what you see on the news and what you see from, uh, you know, as you go into your job. Close your eyes and daydream just a little bit um, and take yourself to that place of insight and, and really rely on what you see. And I, I promise you that will add value to your life. Um, and the last thing would be, you know, good is not great. You know, chase greatness. It's okay to be great. It's okay to be great. Like, like, seriously, like it's it's if you are a great individual, which you are, chase it. Because your greatness will not only provide for you, for your home, but will also benefit your community. We're conditioned to just be good. We we look at good as being great, but being good has limits. Greatness is not. Greatness is not. We need to be a people of greatness. That way we can do great things in our homes, in our lives, in our homes, in our community and in this world. So definitely absolutely chase greatness.
0: We, we're going to let that breathe for a second, sir. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. you you, 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 put you. yeah, that that was some good stuff there. You, you have to chase purpose inside instead of uh eyesight and then be great over good like i think a lot of people don't understand being great is not it's hard but it's just as hard as struggling like you can struggle and go through life like you said you can go to that job and you know work all these hours come home and you could just be as tired but if you want to be great You're going to be tired, but it's going to be rewarding. You're going to be able to do the things that you want to do, and there's no limit on how great you can be. There's a limit on how good you can be. It's kind of like basketball. It's like you got players that are just good, and then you got those players that are great. And those players that are great, they've been in the league for – how tom brady 20 years lebron 19 years steph curry 15, 13 14 years when you're great you have longevity to do whatever you want to do but when you're good it only lasts for so long and everybody has that in them and i love what you said chase um purpose instead of position because a lot of the times we chase position we chase a position at work. We chase, you know, oh, I, okay, I started off here and I want to get here. So I love all those three tips. So what is an underdog quote that you have for someone? For it, it don't matter who it is because I think we've touched everybody, men, women, kids, adults. What is an underdog quote that you have that you could give someone that can help them change their perspective?
1: Man, you all know, I've been thinking about this and uh, I have two popping in mind, but I'm, I'm going to go with with the one. Um, your bag isn't external. Your bag is internal. You know, the more we try to chase this external bag, you know, what I'm saying trying to chase this money, uh, chase this fame, chase this influence. Now, nah, you know, some of those things are good, but really your real wealth is internal. If you can find your internal wealth, then you can attain the external wealth. And so your bag is not external. Your bag is not material. Your bag is not its not any of these things that we see on IG, on social media. That's not the real bag. The bag is truly within you. Like you are a person of wealth, health, and betterment. Chase that internal bag. And then all these external things that you need that you want, you'll get all those, but your internal bag is worth so much more.
0: Listen, sir, I almost threw my phone when you said that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That we're gonna we gonna leave we're gonna leave it at that. Your bag is not external, it's internal. Whoo, that yeah, yeah. People gotta understand that if you get yourself together everything else will come because if you get a bag and you don't got yourself together if you don't know finances maybe you win a lottery maybe you you know get an opportunity you get a lot of money you don't know how to handle that little then you won't know how to handle that big and that bag gonna have a hole in it and then you're going to end up with no nothing in the bag so i definitely love that quote so tell people how they can reach out to you um tell them the, your, your podcast name, however, however you want people to reach out to you, uh, let them know.
1: Man, yo, listen, uh, get at me um, on IG at Black Introvert Podcast. Um, there uh, you will find my podcast called The Semi-Social Life of a Black Introvert. It's a dope c- podcast, which um, I give some of my int- introverted perspectives on life, uh, interview guests, um, and I just share from my heart, you know, it's all 100% authentic. It's for real people, real leaders, real change makers. So definitely add and subscribe to The Semi-Social Life of a Black Introvert Podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, Google, any of the podcast streaming services, you'll find me there. Uh, but also check out my website. You know, I'm doing some incredible things. Um, and, and I would love to speak to uh, your schools, your organizations, your community centers, your youth groups, your churches—there um, is something that I can definitely impart in each group that would be specifically for you. And so, go on my website. It's called I Am Mufali. I'm gonna spell that out: I A M M U F A L I. I Am Mufali dot com. I have my professional development services there. Like I said, I'm here with y'all. I want to be where you are. I will come to where you are to speak to where you are. That way we can get to where we need to go as individuals and as a community. So I greatly appreciate this.
0: Oh, I appreciate you for coming on and adding value and dropping knowledge and having just a great conversation. Yeah, uh, music, fashion, and life—that's what the uh, what what the how do you say it? Mufali.
1: Mufali, yeah,
0: yeah. That's what that's what Mufali stands for. Because I was looking and I was like, okay. So I went to the website. I was like, oh, I get it. I like that. It's something. It's something different. So again, I appreciate you for coming on, um, listeners. You can email me at Underdog Talk Podcast at Gmail if you. Want to get on if you have any suggestions, if you like it, if you don't like it, I take all kind of criticism, good or bad. You can um, find me on Facebook and Instagram at Underdog Talk Podcast. Episode drops every Wednesday at 5 p.m. You like, share, comment, tell your mama, your grandma, your auntie, your little cousin, everybody about it, uh, because it's for everybody. Everybody is an underdog at some point in their life. And we're all successful underdogs. It just takes us time to get there. And on that note, peace, one love.